most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. We must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Friday, July 29th, 2022, the 555th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the episode on the day of its release. To do that, you need to be a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. That's also where the writing appears and you will be right through the paywall when I release new writing. And it is also the best way to support this show and the work I do. So if you like the work and are able, please consider supporting the show by subscribing on the Substack. But let's get started. So I know the more religious people in the audience may bristle when they hear the name Christopher Hitchens because Christopher Hitchens was widely known to be one of what were called for a time the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the new atheist movement that sprung up in the last 15 or 20 years. It was Hitchens, Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, and a man named Daniel Dennett. And all of them argued in different ways for the non-existence of God, or at least the rejection of God in politics and world affairs and the cultural conversation. And in Hitchens book, God is not great. Hitchens wrote, what can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. It's essentially the notion that the person making the claim has a responsibility to prove that claim or that claim can be dismissed. And on some level, that's just simply the scientific method. You have a hypothesis. You work to prove the hypothesis. If you can't prove the hypothesis, then you must assume that the hypothesis is therefore unproven and potentially untrue. There might be other ways to prove the hypothesis, but so far you haven't done it. And with that in mind, I have to humbly admit that I was wrong about something major that I've been talking about for a very, very long time. If you pay attention to my social media or you listen to this show and have for a long time, you will know that I have asserted again and again and again that masks simply don't work to stop the spread of an aerosolized virus that they are physically unable to work based on the characteristics of the mask and the characteristics of the virus. 
that we can plainly see from the public conversation around masks that masks don't work because they keep changing the story about why masks do work. And I've also said that if masks work, why haven't they? Why isn't there any proof anywhere in the world that masks work? Now, I still agree with absolutely all of that, but I don't think my mind was quite open enough because I missed the way that masks actually do work. And that is by scaring the shit out of COVID. And you might be like, what? The virus gets scared of masks? I've got to say, the virus is so scared of masks that even the thought of potential masking scares the virus. That's how intimidated the virus is of masks. And you might say, hey, everything you're talking about sounds crazy. It's not crazy. It's science. Here you go. This is the Los Angeles Times. L.A. County won't impose new mask mandate as coronavirus cases decline. And this is from last night. Today was supposed to be the day that the new indoor mask mandate went into effect in L.A. County. Los Angeles County will not reinstitute a universal indoor public mask mandate after market improvements in the region's coronavirus case and hospitalization rates. Aside from scuttling the order, which would have taken effect Friday, the recent downward trends are fueling some optimism that the months old COVID wave fueled by hyperinfectious Omicron subvariants is finally starting to wane. We are on a decline right now. L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer said Thursday, we're glad to see this. It would be welcome relief if this current stage has peaked. Based on available data, there is no need for a mandatory masking measure in the immediate future, she said. It's reasonable to assume that the recent decline we have seen in cases will lead to continued decreases in hospital admissions over the next couple of weeks, Ferrer said. Although there's no way to predict the future, the case and hospital admission status suggests that there's less transmission. Now, that's interesting. She's saying there's no way to predict the future, but she and every other COVID public health expert and all of the public health community and the science, the CDC and Anthony Fauci and all of them, well, they've been predicting the future the entire time and telling us that they can predict the future with accuracy. And that is why we have to listen to them. Now, every time they've predicted what the future will be, They've been wrong, but it's good to know that Barbara Ferrer is now letting people know that they can't predict the future. Sure, they can build out model after model after model and tell you this is what's going to happen if you don't obey us, but that's a little bit different. That's not predicting the future. So she's admitting science can't predict the future. Great. A renewed face covering order would have applied indoors for anyone two or older at a host of establishments and venues, including shared office space, manufacturing and retail settings, event spaces, restaurants and bars, gyms and yoga studios, educational settings and children's programs. They want to mask you. They want to mask your kids. If you go, 
to an indoor public setting, you would have to wear a mask. Masks remain required, as they have for months, in indoor public transit areas in L.A. County, including taxis, Ubers and Lyfts, and in airports, as well as in healthcare settings, nursing homes, jails, prisons, shelters, and in settings where businesses or venues require. County health officials have for months warned that a new universal indoor mask mandate was a possibility should hospitalizations rise past a certain point. As the potential implementation date drew closer, the concept became the subject of increasingly intense criticism from residents who questioned its necessity and efficacy, from business groups that wondered how it would affect the local economy, and from some elected officials who expressed concerns about eroding the public's trust and sparking further pushback. Under L.A. County's plan, if the region reached the high COVID-19 community level, as defined by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and remained there for three consecutive Thursdays, a new mask order would be issued. So if the CDC determines that Los Angeles County's rates are too high, then Barbara Ferrer would command all of L.A. County's residents to wear masks in a wide range of of indoor settings. Most of those indoor settings are places where there is forced compliance. Teachers can essentially force children to wear masks in school and children's programs. Certainly in prisons and jails, they have the ability to force compliance at some level. And same thing with Services for people who are older and more frail, maybe weaker, and probably far less likely to stand up for themselves because they are, by and large, the ones most at risk of COVID, which means that, for the most part, they believe in the story the most because it's their life that they believe is under a tangible threat. So the CDC decides what constitutes high community level. And then they communicate that. And if it is that way for three straight Thursdays, a new mask order would be issued. Thursday is the magic day. Three Thursdays of high level spread means masking. It's like an algebra equation that only morons can solve. A high COVID-19 community level means a county is experiencing a significant amount of community spread and has recently recorded at least 10 new weekly coronavirus positive hospitalizations for every 100,000 residents. L.A. County entered that category July 14th and remained there last week, positioning Thursday as the pivotal date. But coronavirus cases started to decline last week. And new hospital admissions dropped too. L.A. County used its own data to calculate new weekly coronavirus positive hospital admissions as 9.7 for every 100,000 residents, just under the threshold to trigger the mask mandate. The CDC calculated a rate of 10.7, but Ferrer said the federal agency's data are older than the county's. Ha, <laughs> science. It remains unclear whether L.A. County will continue to pursue a potential mask mandate should there be three future consecutive Thursdays with the high level of community spread. We've changed frameworks numerous times in recognition of the changing trajectory of the pandemic, Ferrer said. We'll continue to be mindful of what 
The data tells us as to what are the most helpful frameworks for us to use as we assess how to keep each other safe. And she also said, I would strongly advise everyone keep their masks on. Every infection creates a potential chance of experiencing not only immediate symptoms from COVID, but long COVID. And repeat COVID infections can also increase the risk of other serious health conditions for some. Given the unknowns, we strongly recommend taking steps to avoid getting infected. And what are the best steps to avoid getting infected? Well, initially, they told us that that was getting the experimental gene therapy shot directly in your arm. You're good to go now. You've been vaccinated. Turns out that wasn't true at all. The vaccines don't in any way prevent transmission, infection, serious illness, or death. And there's also the very odd phenomenon that COVID waves always tend to begin right after people in certain areas take their next shot, their next booster, the experimental gene therapy. Somehow there's some kind of correlation between getting injected with the experimental gene therapy and a COVID outbreak occurring. You got that? It's COVID. And repeat infections, well, that's more dangerous. And that's why you keep having to take more booster shots. Now, you might be thinking, how did the science change so quickly? The science was so conclusive a couple of weeks ago. Cases were rising, hospitalizations, deaths, all rising from COVID. And we were certain to hit that three Thursdays in a row benchmark. That's what science calls the golden trifecta. If you ever see the golden trifecta arise in the world, you must immediately cover your face and hide indoors probably forever. Ferrer said back then, I think it's really hard to look at the L.A. County data and not notice who continues to be hardest hit and not notice that we still have lots and lots of people with severe illness, lots of people who die and lots of people with long covid and not want to take a fairly straightforward step to try to layer in some additional protections. It's just better safe than sorry, you see. And she knows that masks work because her daughter that she had hired at a $130,000 per year salary paid for not only by California taxpayers, but by the taxpayers of the nation, because the taxpayers of the nation sent their money to the federal government. And then the federal government passed the CARES Act and sent it to Democrat strongholds like California, more specifically Los Angeles. And then they just use it how they see fit for COVID. Because if you want your science tuned up to 10, if you want it running like a Ferrari, you need to keep fueling it with additional money. And since it's necessary to spend that money to keep the science running properly, you might as well spend it on your own family members so long as they can help you and help the science. And Ferrer also said a couple of weeks ago, we are not closing anything down. We are not asking people to gather with the people they love, which honestly, they would never advise. We are not asking you to forgo activities you love. We are asking you to take a sensible step. 
when there's this much transmission. Put back on a well-fitting high filtration mask when you're indoors around others. And I think that's the prudent thing to do. You got that? Not just any old mask. Not that little blue mask you see everyone wearing. Not the fancy design masks like Nancy Pelosi wears. Not the bandanas that are allowed pretty much everywhere the entire time, even though those definitely don't do anything. You need a well-fitting, high-filtration mask because that's the only thing that could prevent any spread of virus anywhere. And by saying that, they are admitting the other ones don't work. Ferrer also said at the time that she believed that cases were being significantly undercounted, even though, of course, they are forcing people to test in different scenarios, even if they're totally healthy. And the tests produce tons of false positives, but there's no way the cases could ever be overcounted. That's not possible. That's just the science. They look at those numbers every other Monday. Then on Tuesday, they observe the activity of random birds. On Wednesday, they avoid donuts at all costs. And then they reassess everything on Thursday. And that's where the science comes from. It's basically a product of the ritual, you see. They had conjured up high transmission It was clear to them at the time with their ability to see into the future that that transmission would continue at high levels. So they anticipated, oh, two Thursdays from now, that's going to be the third Thursday. And on the third Thursday, we will know that everyone has to cover their faces and hide. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Maybe the money ran out or something and the science was no longer able to function properly. But they weren't able to deliver this high transmission number. And now people don't have to cover their faces and hide. Now, is it all based on made up statistics derived from faulty tests and the needs of a larger agenda? Yes, but there still must have been something that brought the numbers down so that the masks aren't necessary. And the only difference is that Ferrer mentioned and threatened indoor masks returning. So you got to think, I'm just doing science here. I am just doing science. You got to think that the difference is what made it so we don't need masks. She announced everybody's going to need a mask in L.A. County if this happens for two more Thursdays. And the thing simply stopped happening. COVID went away after she threatened the use of masks. Ipso facto, COVID is scared of masks. Now, I got to admit, in all the work I've done on masks, all the talking I've done on masks, I never once considered that masks had the power to intimidate COVID. But what was I thinking? Did I just miss this phenomenon the entire time? Was I being too close-minded to consider that COVID might simply be afraid of the threat of mask mandates? COVID's just sitting in the movie theater with its friends in the back, screaming, hell no, don't go in there. Is that what happened? <laughs> 
I think it has to be what happened. COVID got scared of the masks. COVID went away. And now we don't even need the masks. The threat of masking alone was enough. Now you might say there is no evidence that COVID is scared of masks. And I would say to you, well, look what just happened. Give me another better explanation. And if you can't, you're not doing science. I know science. I just did science. I walked you through the whole process of science, the ritual, the made up numbers, the advice that makes absolutely no sense. And I deduced properly that the only way this phenomenon could have happened, the only thing that saved Los Angeles County from future indoor mask mandates was the threat of masks. All that can be, I would suggest to you, on a purely scientific basis, on par with everything that has been said by the NIH, the CDC, the pharma companies, our public health experts, Bill Gates, the WHO, the big tech companies, and all of our media stars. The only scientific explanation is that the COVID virus is scared of masks. Now conjure up a Nobel Prize for me, Nazi Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now I have proven my ability to perform the rituals of the science, but nonetheless, I am not able to predict the future this time because as Barbara Ferrer sometimes says, we can't predict the future. So this is just a guess. It's not scientific, not scientific at all. But I think it's possible that if we refuse to comply with anything we're told to do when it comes to COVID, we might just be able to scare COVID so much that it goes away forever. Now, I know this is radical thought. It is absolutely radical to the point where no one should even be allowed to think it, much less say it, especially not online. It'll get censored absolutely immediately. I'm not an expert, but if anything that is asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence, then the rituals we've been performing with the science, they're in real trouble. Because we know it's scientifically true that lockdowns work, even though there's no evidence. We know it's scientifically true that masks work somehow. The best explanation now is by scaring COVID. And we know that vaccines work because part of the definition of vaccines is that they work. They are very safe and effective. They prevent you from getting the illness, at least until it's shown that they don't. But at least it's proven that they prevent you from spreading the illness, except that's, you know, not always true. And they prevent serious illness and death, despite the fact that most of the serious illness and death worldwide is coming from people who have been vaccinated. But still, the science knows vaccines work. And if you're real sciency, then you need to make sure that everybody understands all these things work. If I were to say they don't work, I would need evidence to prove that. 
That's how the science works. You just switch it around. Just give it a little 180, a turn. Oh, you can't say they don't work without evidence of them not working. I'm going to dismiss that out of hand. You have no evidence for your case. You got it? The rituals of science are very, very tricky. And Nicholas Goldberg, the columnist for the LA Times, understands this in full. He actually wrote this yesterday before we got through the third Thursday. Before CDC director Rochelle Walensky tapped a tuning fork on the side of a refrigerated vaccine delivery truck and Anthony Fauci didn't see his shadow and it's not because he's four foot two. So the rituals of science hadn't been fully performed by the time he wrote this. I don't want him to sound like he's being unscientific in his writing. His headline from yesterday is, do we get our lives back now or are we heading back down into the COVID hole? So I have to wonder if Nicholas Goldberg has considered whether or not COVID might be intimidated by masks. When Times reporters went to the Westfield Valencia Town Center in Santa Clarita last week, they found the mall crowded with shoppers, virtually none of them wearing masks. Social distancing was forgotten. It was business as usual, the status quo ante, you know, the way things were before, in the before times. What do all these shoppers have some kind of death wish? I mean, there's strong scientific evidence that social distancing helped to save the world. And so did masks. And these people are just treating it like they've never even heard the word science. That may sound strange, given that COVID-19 has been spreading rapidly since March, with cases now at highly elevated levels and quote-unquote super contagious and quote-unquote ultra-infectious new subvariants causing more breakthrough infections in vaccinated and boosted people than earlier versions, according to the Times. Now that's crazy. Is COVID just not that scared of vaccines? But that's the way it is. Across Los Angeles and all around the country. This is his, his tougher voice now when he's being authoritative. People are shrugging defiantly at the latest surge. They've gone back to living their lives. Only 13% of Americans say they're very concerned about getting COVID and landing in the hospital. Only 13% of Americans understand the science. That's crazy. I'm over it, said Haley Jimenez, who works at the mall. The result, says the Times, is a palpable disconnect between alarmed scientists and health officials focused solely on the infectiousness and mutations of the virus and a public that is increasingly less concerned. This week, L.A. County officials will decide whether to impose a new indoor mask mandate, depending on how high case numbers and hospitalizations are. But there's concern that if they do, Angelinos will rebel and won't mask up. Why? Because like Jimenez, they're over it. That's my biggest fear, Los Angeles County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer told The New York Times that we're so anxious to be done with this virus that we're getting complacent. So who is right and who is wrong in this debate? Is the alarm of public health officials appropriate? 
How can you even ask that? Nicholas Goldberg? Trust the experts for crying out loud. Are new restrictions necessary or will they backfire? Is Jimenez irresponsibly complacent or onto something Ferreira's missing? Wait a second. There is no way in the world that this mall employee might know something about COVID that public health director Barbara Ferrer does not. Barbara Ferrer has direct access to the science, and she even has access to the funding that fuels the science. That's what she used to give her daughter a six-figure job making up mask studies. The experts are always right. I can't even believe he's asking these questions. There just is not something Ferrer is missing. Not possible. That's what trusting the experts means. Back to Goldberg. All through the pandemic, I've trusted the experts and followed the rules. But these days I see where Jimenez is coming from too. I've been a good boy, a good boy. Where oh, where is my reward? I've grown a bit complacent myself. Since being vaccinated and boosted, I've resumed my life up to a point. I've stopped washing my hands every 10 minutes. I've eaten indoors in restaurants and traveled on airplanes full of unmasked people. I've hugged old friends. I'll admit it. And I believe I was right to do all that. Imagine. This is me again, by the way. Imagine just for one second taking advice on anything from a person like this, a cucked little shell of a man who is scared of absolutely everything and has the desire to broadcast to the world that he is following all the rules. Do the rules make sense? Doesn't matter. The rules are the rules. Are the rules set in place by people with the authority to make these rules? No, but they're still rules and we've all agreed to follow the rules. Haven't we? Haven't we? Haven't we? Everybody hasn't, uh, hasn't everybody agreed to follow the rules? Oh no, it's just us really, really very, very smart and brave and caring people who agreed to follow the rules. That can't be, that can't be. Follow the science, follow the experts, trust the experts, follow the science. Conditions have changed. We'd be crazy to feel the same level of fear today that we did before we had vaccines and therapies that dramatically lower the risks of contracting the virus and reduce its severity. Hey, Nicholas Goldberg, everything you're saying is false. It doesn't take a PhD in public health to see that the cost-benefit calculations have shifted considerably. What? You can do a cost-benefit analysis without a PhD? That was not true before. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, conditions have changed. He already said conditions have changed. That's what it is. Cases in Los Angeles County and nationally have been climbing driven by a surge in the BA5 subvariant. But for those who are vaxxed and boosted, cases are generally milder. The new subvariants are highly transmissible, 
but they're less virulent than Delta was. Hey, Nicholas Goldberg, you just admitted it's not the vaccine, buddy. (laughs) I mean, how in the world do these people actually say these things? How are these people taken seriously? Honestly, we know that the subvariant, insofar as it exists, is absolutely the weakest yet, right? We had the original very scary variant that killed a certain number of people in 2020. Then we got the very safe and effective vaccine that will prevent transmission and infection and grant us herd immunity so long as everyone gets it. And it turns out it doesn't prevent transmission or infection. And we can never talk about herd immunity again, but it does prevent serious illness and death, even though those numbers rose in 21 over 20. And those numbers rose in 21 over 20, despite the fact that the virus was getting continually weaker. Isn't that crazy? How does that happen? Well, don't ask me. I am not a scientist. I'm not an expert. Sure, I know all the rituals, but I'm not one of them, so I can't tell you. And also... I didn't read the 1967 Farmer's Almanac on the fifth Monday after the next new moon, so there's no way for me to be sure. But if I understand the science, it seems like each and every variant has been weaker than the last, yet more transmissible, which is what we've always been told would happen with virus theory. So me with my dumb non-scientist brain, I think, hey, isn't the possibility that the reduction in severe illness over time might be from the virus becoming less virulent? But nope, I'm a dum-dum. It's because of the experimental gene therapy. Although COVID deaths in L.A. County went from about 50 per week in June to 100 in July, that's still a fraction of the 500 deaths a week tallied during the initial Omicron winter surge. And sure, California is warm year round and people commonly remark that Southern California doesn't even have seasons. And me as a person who has spent much of their life in Southern California. I can agree. That's true. I've experienced 90 degree days in January before, but I know that winter surges are a thing. So I'm trusting that that was the real cause. And as always, I would never dispute the numbers. Those numbers come directly from Rochelle Walensky at the CDC who participated in a naked drum circle and howled at the last super blood moon. That is where she got the numbers. And I trust the experts, so I know that the numbers are the numbers. I'm not disputing the numbers. I would never do that, whether or not the tests work. Last week, my 90-year-old father tested positive. Two years ago, that would have been catastrophic news. But in the end, he was tired for a few days, had some aches and a cough, And now he's on the mend. That's because he's been inoculated. My father's conclusion, this is the most overrated disease. 
But the issue isn't that it's overrated. It's that for all intents and purposes, it's not the disease it once was. You see, it's just so much weaker now. But that's not why people aren't getting serious illness and death. That is because of the experimental gene therapy. People aren't being cavalier. They're just reflecting where we are right now, said Dr. Monica Gandhi, a professor of medicine and infectious diseases at UC San Francisco. Originally, we were scared about COVID because it caused severe disease. But now, even as the cases go up, the rates of severe disease are so much lower than they were. People are right to feel more relaxed. I do feel more relaxed, but here's the flip side. I don't want to behave irresponsibly. Oh, Nicholas Goldberg, no one would have ever accused you of that except for all your peers. But thank goodness everyone else doesn't give a shit about your whining or the fact that you might not wear a mask because we all live in the real world. But I know, I know in your world of elites and intellectuals and scientists, you might be accused of behaving irresponsibly in regard to the rules. COVID-19 is still dangerous. In the first half of this year, it killed twice as many people in L.A. County as typically die from drug overdoses, the flu, and car crashes combined. And yeah, one of the best ways to know the science is working is to compare it to other things that have nothing to do with it. Everybody knows that. A recent L.A. Times story noted that the county's weekly death rate from the virus is nearly 70% higher than in the Bay Area. And there's still long COVID to worry about. I was shocked to learn that one in 13 Americans was suffering from long COVID in early July. That means they've had symptoms for three months or longer. And it definitely, most definitely, don't even think it, don't even think it. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, maybe that long COVID is just what they're calling people's vaccine reactions as they endure over time, as the body's immune system is stripped down to nothing by the experimental gene therapy that does exactly that. But you can just go ahead and dismiss that because surely I don't have evidence of that. I mean, yeah, fine. There's evidence everywhere, but I don't have it. I don't have it. And if I did have it, I couldn't use it. Why? Not a scientist. Additionally, the more the virus is floating around in the population, the greater the opportunity for further mutations, which could lead to new, more severe variants. You got that? What creates variants is the virus floating around. I can't believe you non-scientists actually thought that it was from antibody-dependent enhancement. Caused by a leaky vaccine that can't prevent transmission, infection, serious illness, or death. Crazy. And for anyone who thought it was a common principle of virology that as viruses spread and mutate, they become more transmissible and less virulent. Well, conditions have changed. Now, the virus floating around can actually create more severe variants. I can't predict the future, but I know that that's one I don't want to 
even contemplate. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I can do cost-benefit analysis, but I can't judge things like this. If I was a scientist, though, I might think, man, Nicholas Goldberg is saying a whole bunch of totally non-scientific things. And all of these totally non-scientific things might, I don't know, mislead people about the true nature of what was happening in the world. And because they're being misled by false and non-scientific information, I might worry that they're being made victim to misinformation or disinformation or malinformation. And I might start uh, promoting the censorship of writers like Nicholas Goldberg. But I can't do that because I'm not a scientist. So even though I'm far less panicked than I was, I'm still willing to take relatively simple precautions. He's an old Southern woman now. <laughs> if Ferrer tells me we've hit some threshold that calls for indoor masking, I'll follow the instructions on the simple grounds that she knows more about it than I do. Nicholas Goldberg, this titan of a man, is committed to doing whatever Barbara Ferrer says on the simple grounds that she knows more about it than he does. And what proves that she knows more about it than he does? What is the evidence of that? Well, she has a master's degree in public health and she has a job title that declares she is a public health director. So she must be an expert. She must know more about it than almost everybody else, but not everybody else. She gets her numbers from Rochelle Walensky and Rochelle Walensky knows the full rituals of science. Rochelle Walensky retrieved those numbers from the science by performing an elaborate dance within a circle of 16 deer under a blackened moonless sky on the 32nd Friday of the year of the ox. And then she gave the science to Barbara Ferrer. And now Barbara Ferrer knows far more about it than Nicholas Goldberg. So Nicholas Goldberg, the titan of the man that he is, the protector of society, the protector of everybody's grandmother, and thankfully the protector of his own father, who is 90 years old and got through COVID with just a couple of days of being tired. That Nicholas Goldberg, titan of a man, he follows the rules. No one likes to mask, but there are worse things. Oh, really? Nicholas Goldberg, what worse thing have you had to experience since the beginning of COVID? Did you lose your job? Did you lose your home? No, no, no. Your valiant sacrifice was wearing a mask whenever you were told to. In recent days, cases and hospitalizations have finally begun to decline in the county. And it is just possible we may be spared from a new universal indoor mask mandate. But whichever way it goes, public officials need to communicate more effectively to make sure they don't squander the public's trust. Frankly, it's worrisome that trust in medical scientists dropped by 10 points during 2021, according to the Pew Research Center. 
In a January NBC poll, only 44% of Americans said they trusted what they'd been told about COVID by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, it should be clear that those people don't understand the rituals of science. Health officials need to mind their tone. How dare you? How dare you? How can he say this? Health officials need to mind their tone. What is he? Some kind of tone expert? They need to explain why. If deaths are down from their peaks and vaccines and therapies are effective, we might still be asked to make sacrifices to fight the virus. Hey, Nicholas Goldberg, why does that even bother you? You love following the rules. You love telling everybody about the sacrifices you think everyone should make to fight the virus. You literally encouraged the parents of America to sacrifice their sons and daughters on the altar of the science. And now you're blaming the public health communicators? I'm going to have to read this sentence one more time just to make sure we know what it means. They need to explain why, if deaths are down from their peaks and vaccines and therapies are effective, we might still be asked to make sacrifices to fight the virus. Now, in philosophical logic, that is called a conditional statement. It is an if-then. If deaths are down from their peaks and vaccines and therapies are effective. And so, if you're determining truth values, the value of that part of the equation, that part of the if-then equation, matters a whole lot. So, is that true? Are deaths down from their peak? Well, yes, according to the data, they are. Are vaccines safe and effective? Well, according to the narrative, they are. But the problem is we've never been told by people like Nicholas Goldberg and Barbara Ferrer that we're allowed to stop making sacrifices to fight the virus. We are still being asked to make sacrifices to fight the virus. One of those is continuing to put an experimental gene therapy into our bodies whenever they tell us we have to. Is he saying that the public health community hasn't made the case for why? I mean, this is heresy. They need to be careful not to sow panic or give the impression they're crying wolf. Yeah, Nick, you've never done that, have you? Except, of course, he has for the entire time. But now he understands that sowing panic may not be the best idea. But that's only because you know, conditions have changed. When Nicholas Goldberg was sowing panic, he was not crying wolf. He was following the science. And now he's suggesting that the scientists not cry wolf because even without his PhD, he's making a cost benefit analysis. He's allowed to do that, though. You got to understand he's allowed to do that because he is a very, very serious elite intellectual. 
If precautions are still necessary, they need to clearly tell us why. In return, I think, I hope, most people will follow the rules. So following the rules is necessary as long as they tell us why. And if they don't tell us why, then it's still good to follow the rules because they must have a reason. After all, they know more about it than I do. Now, moving away from that part of the conversation, I do want to make one more point about this article. Nicholas Goldberg and what he's doing right here is attempting to sound very reasonable within the central narrative. He is creating two opposing positions that actually exist in the false reality, just not the real one. Both positions are based on the acceptance of the central narrative in all its falsehood. And he is acting like that's where the argument exists. That's where the moral decision-making happens. He would never dare challenge the science. He would never dare say, maybe these people have been wrong for two and a half years and we should stop trusting them completely. He would never say Barbara Ferrer clearly has no expertise relevant to what she's attempting to do in her role as L.A. County Public Health Director. He can't just come out and do that. So he has to create another position that incorporates the reality of these people being wrong about all of it and none of it being based on science. And instead of pinning that on the experts, he makes an argument for how people are okay to do a little bit of their own analysis now. But it's the people. They, they're doing it wrong. They're just hesitant to continue going along. So, you know, don't push them too hard, science. You can't give them the whole real raw truth about the science because then they'd panic. We know how bad the science says everything is, but people just they just don't understand and they just don't trust you anymore. And you know what? We need to make sure that no matter what decisions are made, no matter how much they affect lives, we can put masks back on our children and destroy their ability to properly socialize and learn about human interaction. And, you know, the masks, of course, also fill their face with germs and bacteria and all sorts of stuff all day long and prevent them from breathing and will probably give them asthma for the rest of their life. Despite all of that, it is supremely important that everyone understands we must protect the science above all. Indeed, we are the elite intellectuals the world has been waiting for. We titans of men. Sure, the world is collapsing everywhere you look and in every way. But what must be protected beyond all else? Trust the science. Now, here's some more brand new science. The Daily Mail published this article yesterday. Did COVID emerge in notorious wet market after all? Scientists claim they've traced original infection back to Wuhan's ground zero in discovery that challenges lab leak hypothesis. Fierce debate about the origins of the COVID pandemic was reignited today after two new studies claimed to trace the outbreak back to a notorious animal slaughter market in Wuhan. One shows for the first time 
how the earliest human cases were clustered within a small radius around the Huanan Seafood Market in winter 2019. More precise analysis of swabs taken from floors, cages, and counters. Track the virus back to stalls in the southwestern corner of the market, where animals that can harbor COVID were sold for meat or fur at the time. And you would have to think that before they even knew there was a COVID virus, they were regularly swabbing the floors, the cages, and the counters. Otherwise, how would they know the perfect moment to start swabbing? I mean, otherwise, you'd have to think that they realized that COVID was around and then they were like, maybe it came from that wet market. Let's go swab the place. But that would seem to affect, you know, the chronology of the whole thing. A second study claims to have pinpointed the exact date the first animal to human infection occurred, November 18th, 2019, after carrying out genetic analysis on hundreds of samples from the first human carriers. And that must mean that they have isolated the COVID virus, right? No, they, they, they haven't. Huh? It's just a uh, computer model. And they compared that to other stuff. And now they have the exact date of the first transmission. And it was definitely from animal to human, huh? You know that for certain. It's not because the Wuhan Institute of Virology is right next door. Got nothing to do with that. Okay, okay, got it. They also say they have found evidence another first generation strain was spreading at the wet market, which if true would place both original lineages within its walls. And if you've got that, if you've got two studies at the same time that line up in, you know, some semi-realistic way, it must have come from the wet market and not the Wuhan Institute of Virology that does gain of function research on viruses exactly like this one that's just down the street. Don't you understand? The weight of the evidence is two studies versus one theory. That's two to one game over until recently. The only COVID cases linked to the market were lineage B, which was thought to have evolved after lineage a, well, as long as they think that maybe it evolved after, I guess we should just assume that's true. They are after all the experts proponents of the accidental lab leak hypothesis used this as proof. The virus only arrived at the market after evolving elsewhere in Wuhan. One of the experts involved in the new studies, virologist Professor David Robertson of the University of Glasgow, said he hopes they will correct the false record that the virus came from a lab. Are you ready for the but? But critics have played down or disputed the findings entirely and warned both studies were carried out by the same group of academics who have regularly argued in favor of the natural origin theory. And this is just my totally ignorant, dumb, unscientific brain speaking. But I would think that as scientists, these people have been trying to prove the same thing over and over in different ways and still have not actually proven it in any way that even convinces their own peers. But yet they keep doing it. Studying the same issue, 
reaching the same conclusion in different ways. And that conclusion does not convince other experts. But we know that because scientists are perfect moral creatures, otherwise they wouldn't be given the title scientist, that there couldn't be any other reason in the entire world why they would want to prove to the public finally after test after test after test study study paper 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 still can't prove to anybody but they still want to prove to everybody that it came from the wet market there just could not be any other reason because of their moral perfection that they would be pursuing a theory like this what are they worried about that the world might find out scientific research gain of function research maybe isn't a good idea, and then they might not fund the research. And if you stop funding the research, then science just might stop altogether. And again, protecting the science is the most important thing in the world. Can't allow that to happen. So the best thing to do as a scientist who's looking to protect science is to make sure that you do as many studies as it takes to prove that science was never the problem. It was some animal and all those primitive practices of wet market employees in China. But hey, the science is the science. And thank goodness we're getting these two new studies out right now. This is the most important time to have studies like this out that can protect the science, especially after Dr. Deborah Burks said a couple of weeks ago in a book that she actually wrote a couple of months ago and no one bothered reading, including myself, by the way. But Jeffrey Tucker read it. Jeffrey Tucker from Brownstone. And in that book, Deborah Burks said that the virus came out of the box ready to infect. And that story went pretty wide. People were like, wait a second, is Dr. Burks saying that the virus came from a lab? It turns out she was saying that, but I'm sure these studies are totally unrelated to that, even though this is the fourth or fifth time in the last two years that the lab story was pretty conclusively proven and agreed upon and began to go wide throughout society. And then right after we get some studies that say, nope. Wet market. That is definitely not why these two studies have just come out. And I know, I know it's confusing, but that's just science. Now, on February 23rd of this year, 2022, the Daily Mail published this headline. Scientists claim COVID virus contains tiny chunk of DNA that matches sequence patented by Moderna three years before pandemic began. And I'm just going to read a bit of this. Fresh suspicion that COVID may have been tinkered with in a lab emerged today after scientists found genetic material owned by Moderna in the virus's spike protein. They identified a tiny snippet of code that is identical to a part of a gene patented by the vaccine maker three years before the pandemic. It was discovered in SARS-CoV-2's unique furin cleavage site, the part that makes it so good at infecting people and separates it from other coronaviruses. 
The structure has been one of the focal points of debate about the virus's origin, with some scientists claiming it could not have been acquired naturally. The international team of researchers suggest the virus may have mutated to have a furin cleavage site during experiments on human cells in a lab. They claim there is a one in three trillion chance Moderna's sequence randomly appeared through natural evolution. One in three trillion. Man, those are minute odds. That's even worse than the chances of winning mega millions. But it's not as bad as the chances of Joe Biden having received 81 million real legal American votes in the way that they were recorded and reported. Those odds are one in a quadrillion. And that's even more unlikely. But everybody knows Joe Biden is definitely president. Now, in staying on the subject of China and of the absolutely obvious truth that Joe Biden is not in any way a legitimate president, he had a phone call with Xi Jinping yesterday. And during that phone call, she told him when referencing Nancy Pelosi's potential trip to Taiwan, those who play with fire will burn themselves. Can you imagine Xi Jinping saying that to Donald Trump? There is absolutely no way. Can you imagine Xi Jinping saying that to any legitimate president of the United States? Again, there is absolutely no way. And you might say, well, hold on. Sure. Joe Biden is absolutely the worst president in American history. Surely the weakest and surely the most corrupt, even just in regards to China. But that doesn't mean he's not the real president. And I would say, really? It doesn't sound like Xi Jinping is even remotely afraid of Joe Biden's potential ability to use American military power against him in any way for any reason. And then you might say, well, hey, stop, just hold on, wait right there. That doesn't prove that Joe Biden doesn't have the power to use the military. I mean, sure, they haven't done it in Ukraine, even though we're told that that is the ultimate test of civilization. And he didn't do it in Afghanistan. In fact, Afghanistan wasn't even a disaster. It was actually the greatest evacuation of people the world has ever seen. Surely Biden as president is directing all of this in some way. Is he? Is he? If he was, would Xi Jinping make a threat like that? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I can't figure out the answers to questions like that. And you can't claim without evidence that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. I mean, sure, there's all that evidence of election fraud and all the other stuff, but still there's no evidence. So I'm going to dismiss that idea out of hand. And I would say, hey, Where's the evidence that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes? Can you show us? Can you point us to the evidence? 
Can you prove it? No, you can't, huh? Where is the science on that one? Sorry, going to have to dismiss it out of hand. I'll be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!